Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Another beautiful Friday to be in recovery. Beautiful Friday, but hot Friday. Oh, See, this man. podcast is recorded in sunny St. George, Utah. Blistering hot sunny and it is, St. George, Utah. And it is currently 110 <laughs> degrees, Doc. Did you hear that? Somebody just woke up, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He came alive. Episode, 110 degrees. Yes. Episode 89 is going to go in the books this summer as being the hottest episode. Is it the hottest so far? For more reasons than our guests. Really? <laughs> right, like the weather, okay. but but because of our guests too. Sure. See today, today we have on Aaron Wallace and Lexi Crafts. They've come on to Aaron's going to share his story. Yeah. Lexi's here Beautiful. to support. Right. We actually got a request for them both to come on based on yeah. the pre, you know, the like promo we send out. Right. I had three people that were like, "Oh, it'd be cool if they both came on." So right. thank you guys for being here. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Appreciate you. I guess we, we should start with the sponsorship mention, huh? Oh, well, go ahead. All right. Episode 89 is brought to us by Steps Recovery Centers. Steps Recovery Centers is here to help you or a loved one get help as soon as you're ready to reach out. Reach out to them by calling them at 801-800-8142 or just go to their website. That's stepsrc.com. They have everything. They have detox, inpatient, outpatient, aftercare. Uh, yeah. Get in touch with them. Give them a call. Great people. Yep. Beautiful. Sweet. What else? You, you got can... another sponsor or no in this segment? Nah, we'll do that next. Okay. Beautiful. How about right. new? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm going to chime in. We're going to start with new and goods. With new and good. That scared me. There it is. Wow, that scared me. Sean's got <laughs> all, the cool, all the cool sound effects. Uh, I'm going to take over. What's new I, and good, Jared I like Miller? It. I like it. In your life. New and good. Last week, we didn't do a podcast on Friday, and that is because it was my anniversary. Been married for one year officially, so it was, a, it was it's awesome. It's a miracle. Right. Yeah, that's my new and good. We did a little, <laughs> a little staycay. We stayed down here, and I mean, when you live in like a resort area, right, like St. George, Utah is kind of like known. You mean like hell? No, you know, it's beautiful. So 418 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. I worked for steps and they actually uh, paid for us to go to dinner, which was super nice. Oh, nice. Thanks Paul and Ty. And super cool. Yeah. And then we went and got massages and we went up to Zion's and did some tubing and ate at an amazing restaurant up there. We'll give them a shout out. Oscars. If you're ever in Zion, Oscars really? is delicious. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's so, interesting. I'm a pretty lucky guy these you're, days. Uh, so who are you married to? Miss Mandy sitting over there in the corner. Yeah. You, studio, the people can't see Mandy because she's <laughs> off camera, but she's here with us today, and that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out to Mandy. Hi, Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> she waves. <laughs> she waves. It's a, it's a podcast. It's not a TV show. <laughs> uh, well, good. Yeah. Well, right back at you. Okay. Or should we get these guys in the mix first? Well, I'll go. Okay. And then we can get them. What's new and good, buddy? Um, oh, I'm trying to remember the thing that I mentioned last time. It was golf. You've golf. told the same golf story three <laughs> times tell, about hitting somebody on, tell, on a I hit somebody on a golf cart. <laughs> Did I tell you that? No, I got it. What's new and good is uh, just life is good, you know, in general. My, my, I, work at, I work at a bunch of treatment centers, and I got a couple of others maybe coming on board, and uh, I don't know, just life is pretty good for me. It's amazing, like, when you're, you know, doing good things, good things happen, right? I mean. Yeah, like, I just have no complaints about life. It's... It's nice, you know. Is there day-to-day hassles? Yeah, but is it better when I'm clean and sober? Absolutely. That much is true, for sure. So Absolutely. I'm going to go with that for my new and good. I'm still still sober today. We'll take it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have guests. We have Aaron Wallace in studio. Aaron, what's new and good in your life? I mean, we got a lot of new and good things going on for us right now. Um, first of all, you know, I... I Put in and applied for a barber school in up in Salt Lake. Really? Yeah. So we got accepted for that. And the big hurdle for I'm sure you guys know, like if you're a felon, it's hard to get into a place. And we actually got an email today 
for yeah. housing. We got accepted in housing. Nice. Are you yeah. moving to Salt Lake? Nice. I'm gonna, yeah. I just found this out on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, haven't told, haven't told the job or anything. Aaron yet, works so. at a place that where I work, which is how <laughs> I know him. And uh, I'm going to be sad that he, if he's leaving to go to Salt Lake. But yeah, you know, it's only a six month program, but it's, right. it's something better. I was doing the exact. I was doing the Sud C program, and we just need something more right now. We need. Yeah. Something a little faster. Well, if you need a job in Salt Lake, I know a place I can get you a job for really? sure. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Pathways. <laughs> <laughs> he works at Pathways with me. Yeah. Congratulations uh, on getting accepted and the pl- new place. And yeah. that's going to be a whole journey yeah. for you, man. Yeah. That's, That'll that's be awesome. Fun. Where are you from? Uh, me? Yeah. I'm from right here in St. George. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's why I had so many people that were like, mm. oh, that's awesome. We can't wait for Aaron to come on. And can Lexi come on too? And. It's going to be a good cool. one, man. I'm excited. Well, Aaron brought Lexi, his significant other. We haven't decided <laughs> what to call her yet. <laughs> We're going to make up some names. But Lexi, what's new and good in your world? Um, I think probably just the same with Aaron. Like, we just heard we got a place today. I'll just yeah. be transferring jobs. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be nice to get out of Sevier County. That's where I live most of my life. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh is this your, like, 20th podcast you've ever been on? Yeah. Can't you tell? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're a little nervous, but they're settling in. They're settling in, Doc. Oh, they're fine. We'll be fine. Yeah, they, it's, it's just great. Goofballs. It's just goofballs. Sean, you got anything? Run into any animals or anything recently? Actually, no. Actually, I really have a, a new and good. What is it? I drove by my son's apartment. He's on his mission. Okay. Took a picture of myself in front of his apartment and then left. <laughs> <laughs> and then sent him a picture of me in front of his apartment. <laughs> Nice. But on top of that, are you just taunting him or yeah, what? Yeah, but on top of that, um, I got a video of him. Uh, I've made him and all of his companions break down hysterical laughter. I got four Hawaiian shirts, and they each have big pictures of my son on it. <laughs> Found it on nice. some Facebook ads. Now there's four Hilarious. elders up in Washington wearing orange Hawaiian shirts with big faces of my kid on it. <laughs> That's my new and good. You we got to get a picture proud, of that, Sean, and put it on a future moment. podcast. That's oh, for yeah, sure. Funny, we got to see funny that. Funny stuff. How long has he been out? Uh, a year. Okay, so he's coming home. A year. One year from now. Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I can't even remember how long missions are anymore. I couldn't, yeah. just, couldn't remember if they were a year and a half or I didn't. Two. I didn't know you could send pictures. Well, I don't know if you know, it's the year 2022. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I actually laminated the picture and put it like in an envelope and sent it to him. So that's, oh, it's, really? It's that's how laminate. you it? I didn't want to pay for the framing, but, you know, laminated. There's there a level go. of my, you know. I, I don't want to well, he's on a mission. He's going to put a, a thumbtack in it and stick <laughs> yeah. it in the wall anyway. Right, so, yeah, 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 perfect. Totally. Lamination. So that's, All my, right. that's my new and good, making my kids smile. There you go. I like it. I like it. All right. Should we get started with this journey? Yeah, where do we start? I don't know. We got Aaron Wallace in studio. So, Aaron, tell us, introduce yourself to the people that might be listening. Who are you? What are you doing in life right now? Um, yeah, my name is Aaron Wallace. I'm from right here in St. George. I've been living out in Richfield since early 2019. Um, I work at a treatment facility with sellers. That's how I got here on this podcast. And, uh, pretty much just what's going on in life right now is I've stepped out of school and I'm taking an entire new journey. That's entirely terrifying. Mm. It's, uh, you said though, you said sellers kind of gave it away. He said that you, you work with him. Yeah. Where do you currently work? Yeah. I work at pathways. It's a treatment facility out there, out there. Know. That's a good by it's a good description <laughs> yeah. out there. Well, yeah. any place I work is out there. Out there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's in yeah. Richfield, kind of a little bit in the middle of nowhere, it's right? It's actually in Glenwood, so it's like 10 minutes out of Richfield, so it's like even Is it's that considered this, central Utah? It's in the there. suburbs of Richfield if Richfield was big enough to have <laughs> suburbs. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm a country boy from West Point. I might love it out there. Yeah, well, it's it's Glenwood's actually pretty nice. Yeah. Nice. Right? Yeah. It's quiet, slow nice slow small. pace. Yeah. Mm, you're talking my language. So what do you do? What do you do for them? Um Right now, you know, I'm just staff member. Um, I basically do whatever it is that needs to get done. Like the, the most important job, the front line yeah, stuff, right? Yeah. So I'm out dealing there, with clients every day, all day. Yeah. When there's nobody like sellers or somebody that you know, a therapist that calms them down, or we're the guys that get to deal with it. So very nice. Did I say deal with like like it's a pain? 
can we edit that part? I don't want any of my clients listening and being <laughs> no, like, but you know what? Oh, you deal with me, huh? <laughs> no, but you know you what? Deal with me. Let's be honest. Occasionally, it, it, treatment's a time. Like treatment is an interesting and difficult time, and sometimes clients can get a little escalated, and and it's a tough time for sure. Have you guys seen that show? It was it Four Good Days with uh, Mila Kunis. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Anybody that. Ha- has never for you normies out there that that have never had like somebody with a substance abuse problem in your life watch that show and you'll understand why sending your loved one to treatment is the way to go because it they can be irrational yeah it can no get question. a little crazy no right? question people and don't Aaron, always come of their own free will for, for sure and, they and get Aaron, dropped off and all of a sudden you know the and then the therapists all leave and Aaron's left there at night all alone to deal exactly with these people that don't is, want to yeah. be there. But I'm I can tell he's great at it. Oh, you yeah. want to know why? He's good. Tell me. He has such a calm demeanor. Yeah, he's calm. Like yeah. I like I'm type A personality. I'm yeah. you know I'm spracked out on caffeine over here and nicotine, and he's just chill. You know. Yeah. That's the kind of you need that. Yeah, he's good at that. No question. Yeah, I get that. That's... Uh, how come you're doing that job? Um, I started doing that job just. I figured it would help me. I was doing construction first, so I, I went through a treatment center over in Matter, um, okay. Matter Behavioral Health over yeah. in Mount Pleasant. Yeah, I'd gotten arrested. Um, you know, it really wasn't looking very good on my part getting out. Uh, no treatment centers currently are really willing to help you get out, to help you get insurance or Medicaid or whatever it is. And Matter was one that was willing to step up for me and. While you were locked up, incarcerated. Yeah, yeah okay. they, they were willing to sign me out to them while I was able to go and get insurance um, while I was under their supervision. So they really kind of took that shot to help me. And without that, I probably, there was probably no getting out. Like I was in some serious trouble. And So based on that, sorry, sellers. No. I mean, okay. Yeah, it's a positive. So based on that. Is it fair to say you're a person in long-term recovery? Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm wondering, is Lexi? No, Lexi's not. Okay. She's just like my wife, one of those amazing people, right? That helps support us and keep us on the, you know, right, right. You know, and she helped me through the whole thing. You know, we just barely met by the time I had gotten arrested. Like I'd relapsed, fallen off so fast. Like, you know, they say you pick up where you left off. And that's so true. Like, um, I had just started running hard and I got picked up right away on even more serious charges and um, she sat there through the whole thing helped me get a lawyer helped me you know so she she was she okay you met her when you were running and gunning ripping and running you know I was clean I was doing good oh okay and I relapsed Right. Three months after yeah. we met. It was. Whoa. A, it was. How a, does? How, okay. There's a. I gotta go there, right? Yeah. I, I, I was gonna go there later in the podcast, but I think we're gonna just. <laughs> Sorry, we're scatterbrained. Freewheel it. <laughs> yeah, I'm freewheeling. You've barely known him for a few months, and all of a sudden he's arrested. What That's... makes you not turn and run? <laughs> like, why did you stick around? Honestly, I think that that is what made us so serious, and I mean, because we were like. I mean, we hung out often and it was like serious, but we never labeled it or anything. And I think that that really like told me that he needed someone to be in that position for him, like that support, that, you know, to Uh-oh. really hold it down. Oh, she needed to fix him. <laughs> no, listen, I, would- here's, listen <laughs> I, I just want to clarify something. Lexi, that is a beautiful textbook answer. But sellers, you look at him. Look at the guy. Well, he's he's handsome. Guy. He's no, a good-looking no dude. That's why no she stuck he's around. An like, he's an attractive Dark hair. Man. He's got the you know the five o'clock shadow going on. The <laughs> cheekbones, bro. Like I'm gonna turn that. Know. I'm gonna turn that around. Look at her. She could. She doesn't need the. Uh, just she can get any guy. <laughs> how do you guys feel about us psychoanalyzing <laughs> you? Guys, you we're not psychoanalyzing. We're just telling them how <laughs> beautiful they are. They're lovely. Uh, yeah, it's true. They're beautiful true. people. So okay, you, so That's cool. you stuck around. Let's let's. How'd you get there? Tell me about how you got started with drugs and alcohol or whatever it was. I don't actually know. Um, You know, I started, it's the addict behavior started really young. You know, I was constantly in trouble. I was really defiant in school. Um, You know, I had really absent parents. They're great people, but terrible parents. Um, And by the time I was 13, I was already smoking weed every day. That's an early age to be smoking the yeah. weed. Yeah, it was every day, and I was experimenting recreationally with other stuff by that age, too. And 
um, you know, heroin was really the one that stuck to me. And that was what became my, my major downfall. Well, it's because you weren't in the, in the rat park. Yeah. Right. Don't you just have to be in the rat park to overcome heroin? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyways, what is your deal? You know, <laughs> you know, that guy that just says you just got to be in the rat park. Yo you just got to have, Ari. you just got to have better friends. You got to have cool stuff. To do. So yeah. the physical dependency kicked in, right? We right. all know with opiates, there's a major physical dependency yeah. component to it. Yeah. And after, so I'd actually gotten on, I went through steps, um, and was that your first treatment center steps? No, I've been through three. My first okay. one was uh, Horizon House in Cedar City. Okay, and uh, I left steps on my own will. I I left before, you know, I was ready and I figured I was good because they had me on Vivitrol and I figured I'd be good. And that's I found meth right then because oh. I can use meth while while you're using Vivitrol. Vivitrol. Yeah, so that's perfect. I eliminated the one problem and created another. So. I get it, but in like the time it. when we right, like that's it made sense. You know, heroin's not in it, our taking heroin away. There's no other issue. You know, chemically imbalanced felt. brains. Yeah. It totally makes right. totally yeah. makes sense. Right, that's a really common theme among people. Is I'm not using my drug of choice, so yeah. I, so it's not as bad. It's, right, like I, I'm hooked on heroin, but I'm not using heroin anymore, so I'm fine. Yeah, that's not that's not that uncommon. That's, we've heard that story a bunch for yeah. sure. And then it, it actually got to the point where, um, you know, meth might have been more prevalent. Like when I've relapsed, that's my go-to. Like that's I'll, I go to meth first, and then heroin's like my counterbalance. And that's I know. Well, that you gotta sleep sometime, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I know that's how, I know that's what I gotta look for. Like when I start craving, it's it's for meth. I don't really crave the heroin, but the meth kicks in bad. Yeah, that's interesting. So how'd you get, tell me how you got arrested? What was going on there? Um, you know, the first initial cases I had terminated, I've been arrested more times, literally more times than I can count, probably 40, 50 times I've been arrested. And He's been uh, arrested. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, Wouldn't uh, look at him and think got, that. I know, right? He's yeah. got a rap sheet. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, literally 40, 50 times probably. Wow. And um, I terminated and I was out. That's I went to steps and... Um, Okay, for those of our audience that haven't been arrested 40 or 50 times, terminated. What does so, that mean? Terminated is I took a I took a deal where I was willing to uh, I would rather go back to jail and finish my time rather than take probation because I just kept messing up. Screwing like, it up. I couldn't do it, yeah. Mm. So I just quit and I took that time and I went to jail and I thought that maybe I could get my mind right, but um, within 11 months from that day that I got out, I had picked up a bunch of distribution charges and stolen vehicles, and you know I picked up a lengthy, and they 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 ranked each one as a different case number, so each one was ran consecutively. Mm. So I had seven second degree felonies ran consecutively. Wow! All right. And that's, that's a little trouble. Yeah, and that's what I ended up on probation for, and all all drug related. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Whether it's yeah for that specifically or related to that, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I wouldn't be out stealing cars if I wasn't on drugs. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair fair <laughs> enough. I mean, I think, that sounds... I think about it now, and I'm like, there's no way I would. That seems crazy. Right. I would just go and take somebody's car. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I have a question. So, so, you just ask. You just. You don't get to ask it. <laughs> so were there times when you were in that 40 or 50 times that you were getting arrested um, that you thought, I'm getting tired of this. Dude, Man, I can't keep doing this. I always wanted to quit. And there were some times where I would be in the back of the cop car and, like, it felt like relief. You know, like, finally somebody's going to take me off this stuff and force me away from yeah. it. Like. Like, was, thank you for the break. Yeah, yeah. I'm out here killing myself. Yeah. Thank you for, for, yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah, and there was no fight from me. Like, I'm just, like, put on the handcuffs. Like, I, I find that it's interesting because I was talking to Mandy on the way over here and, and you know, thinking of, um, I used for, like, three years, right? I went pretty hard for three years. And the first two were definitely to escape from, to run away from, to numb out, to enjoy the feeling, whatever, right? It doesn't really matter why. Uh, the last, it was, 
probably the whole year was just entirely, I just didn't want to be sick. Yeah. I was tired of the lifestyle. I was tired of the things getting arrested, all the garbage that comes along with it. I just, I just didn't want to be sick, doc. You know? Yeah. You I find know. that's a pretty common <laughs> thing, especially right. working in treatment. I know I'm what sure, you're right? talking about. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Okay. So let's give me some details on, you had some clean time before the last, when's the last time you got arrested? Um, December of 2019. Okay. Well, it's, it, there's, there's a couple of, I got arrested while I was in rehab because I didn't show up to court because I was in rehab. You went so. in rehab, but forgot to tell you. Yeah. PL. So they showed up and arrested me and mm. I bailed out on those warrants and kept going to court. And then I had to go back to jail. I had to turn myself in after all the court stuff was over. So I had, you know, two years clean, but I had to go and check back into jail and it was a pretty humbling little experience there. Sure. For me, but. Sure. So, um, some details. Though. I just want some quick details. We're getting close to the end of this first segment, but uh, you had some clean time. You relapsed. What led to that relapse? How did that happen? Um, you remember? Yeah, there was there was a few things going on in my life. Um, I I just felt pretty lonely. Like I was had a lot of of downtime by myself. Like she was coming and seeing me sometimes and. But on those days where I was out in Richfield, like, I felt excluded from whatever. You know, these aren't my friends. These aren't my people. Um, and my friends and my people were here, and they were using. And mm. that made it so much easier for me to be like, I want to just see my friends. Okay. Well, and let's be honest. Like, there's, there's a piece to – if you've used for multiple years, which sounds like is your story, right? Yeah. Um, it almost becomes an identity. It is. Like, this is who I am. Yeah, and I didn't feel like I could be down here and be with those people without, you know, using with them. Was there, like, a piece of almost when you say, like, oh, I, these aren't my friends, was there, what what I hear is, like, an unworthiness. Yeah. Like, so it's not that you thought they were squares or, you know, anything negative about them. You just didn't feel worthy to maybe be in those recovery circles. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Um, yeah, the and the, the recovery scene out in Richfield, it's there. It's not big like it is here, but it's there. Um, but I felt like, you know, I I made myself indifferent. Mm. And that's what made it difficult for me to be, like, making friends. And I still do that sometimes, but, like, I have her and I have other people that I know, like, these are my friends. and for sure. I have a much more accepted life now. It sounds like you're finding other ways to, to identify too, right? Like going to barber school and planning a future with this yeah. lady sitting next <laughs> to you, right? Like your yeah. identity is changing to, I'm no longer that person. Yeah. And you know what? They always tell you, like they have you when you're in rehab and stuff to be like, oh, where do you see yourself in five years? And it's like, I, uh, I can't look past, you know, I might be dead a mm. week after leaving this place like i don't see myself in five years but now today it's like i see i'm looking i'm trying to find that future beautiful yeah good so you got clean yeah yeah so it took a lot for me to get clean i'm not that guy obviously that can just notice that it's a problem i noticed it's a problem first time i use but it's going to take, I've already made that commitment by the time I've used that I'm going to get arrested. Oh. Like, mm, it, it's wow. that bad for me. Wow. Well, I, I bet in a small town, it's it's pretty easy to, you know, like, they know you, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. as much as you identify as being a drug addict, they've got you labeled as a you drug know addict, what? Too, But right? it, it's even worse for me here. Like, I got... Well, St. George is still considered a small town, right? Yeah, When yeah, you go to Salt Lake, you'll realize... 200,000 people, you know, yeah, small. Yeah. For yeah. sure. I get it. I get it. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I got in a car accident here using a few years ago now, and that's the first, the, all the cops that showed up were like, oh, hey, it's you. Like, and I had been gone for a year by that point. This is how that went down. Oh, hey, it's you. Uh, we're going to need a canine unit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going well, to need you to for, urinate in a cup. For yeah. good reason. I mean, yeah. we, we give them all the evidence to show that. Well, and actually an off-duty drug task force agent watched me do it, so like. She was the first one, got out of the car and was like, hey, are you okay? Like, Interesting. Like, yeah. yeah, interesting. You weren't using? No, I, yeah. well, yeah, I was using that. That was during my relapse, yeah. Okay. All right. And was that the cause of the accident? Um, 
most likely. <laughs> so, so yes. Well, listen. So, so yes, so that's the cause of the accident. Three cars in like the past year. So I. Yeah. That's that's a good question from him because he he regularly crashes okay, so cars. Like, luckily, my car was in the shop, and so I was in a rental car. So <laughs> I didn't total my own car. Well. Well, that doesn't help. That still raises your insurance rates. <laughs> right? Sorry for the your, exaggeration. Your insurance still goes up. Yeah, well, I haven't fallen asleep behind the wheel of a car in at least a year now. <laughs> oh, hey, we're out of time. Well, we're out of time. We're going to have a short sponsorship mention during the break and then come back and listen to us again at the end of this break. We'll be right back. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller, sponsored by Steps Recovery Center and the Hilton Garden Inn. I'm Desmond Lomax, one of the clinical executives here at Steps Recovery. And once you become of the Steps family, you're just a part of the Steps family. A lot of us have overcome substances, overcome addiction, and now we're able to help other people. Second of all, we're also going to help you in a way where you can afford to be helped. Third of all, we're going to give you the same quality that many organizations are charging two to three times. And it's more about you than it is about our organization. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. All right. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, joined by your co-host or your host, Jared Miller. And uh, we're also joined by Aaron Wallace and his girlfriend, Lexi Crafts. Aaron just got in a car wreck. <laughs> but before he got in a wait car wreck. Wait a minute. Like wait. on his way here? Well, no. Oh, in the story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In the story. Right, I'm, I'm, but right. before he got in a car wreck, let's talk about if you're traveling through southern Utah. <laughs> Don't get in a car wreck. Don't get in a car wreck. And also, you should try out the Hilton Garden Inn. <laughs> Give them a Google search, and uh, they have great amenities. When it's 110 degrees outside, that pool is awfully nice. Rooms are clean and cool, and the people are wonderful. So just type in Hilton Garden Inn and give them a shot at your business because you'll have a nice day there. We also have uh, Rise Up Supplements. Who's that? Rise Up Supplements is uh, the newest sponsor to this podcast. Really? Yeah. It's, it's, Tell uh, me about it. It is a mental health line. We've got a couple different products. Uh, the first one is, is Mindful Mood. It helps decrease anxiety and, and just enhance your mood. Uh, it's got lion's mane and a lot of really good herbal things in it. And then uh, the new one we're coming out with is Mind Shift. Are you familiar with the term nootropics? Have you ever heard of that, Aaron? Sure. I've heard it. I can't think of what it is. Well, I know what a nootropic is. It helps like the synapses in the brain fire faster, helps with like memory call, helps with verbal it, it, literacy, right? It, it just... it. Nootropics are better than old tropics. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, sellers. You you're right on the money. <laughs> Absolutely. So we want to thank both of those yeah. sponsors for sponsoring Great. this podcast. Great sponsorship. Okay, so uh, let's keep moving on. So uh, I had heard about a tragedy that happened that apparently happened to you in recovery. Yeah. You want to tell us about that, how that went down? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I can really get into specifics. Just you, live. you go where you're comfortable. Yeah, literally, dude. I've never even talked about it, like, with anyone outside of my family. Like, so I graduated drug court three days ago, and uh, like, I never even spoke about it with them. It's kind of one of those things that I think it makes most people uncomfortable. To it's a it's a huge thing, and I had a kid pass away. It'll be one year ago in three days. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Yeah, he was going to be five. So. <clears throat> That's your, how many kids do you have? Um, I have two. You have two kids? Yeah. Your oldest? Yeah, he was my oldest. That's a boy. Yeah. Wow, how'd he die? Um, yeah, he was. Hey, listen, if yeah. I, if I no. push too hard. You're good. Yeah. Tell me you don't want to talk about it. The rule on this podcast is always share as much or as little as yep. you're comfortable yep. with. Right, right. Yeah, so I can touch on that. Um, first things first, like throughout my addiction, I had signed guardianship over to my parents. Just I was while I was trying to get my things together. And uh, he was over at my stepmom's house. And 
um, just kid being kid, he got himself stuck in a box. And, oh, mm, man. Yeah, totally uncalled for. Like, we didn't see it coming. Wow. Yeah, so. He was just playing and yeah, just a hopped kid, into a box? Kid being a kid, yeah. It was a toy box, right? Yeah. Just hopped into a yeah, toy box. Automatic, automatic latch, latch inside, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they, uh, the cops came out and everybody was looking for him, right? Yeah, yeah, for... You know, I got the call at, like, I was at work, um, and I was getting home, and I got the call, and normally I'll go to bed when I get home, but uh, I sat there for a minute, and I was thinking, well, you know, he's just a kid, he's probably down the road playing or whatever. <clears throat> so you got the call that he was missing. Yeah, and so I decided, you know, I, I don't really need to sleep, yeah. I'm just going to get up and head down there, and by the time I got there was about the time. They they found him? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Oh, Aaron, thank You're, you. Like, yeah. I mean, just the courage you have to come on and share that, and you know, it's interesting. I can tell that that uh, that's super hard. I can yeah. tell by the the look in your eyes and looking over at Lexi. I can tell that this has been something you guys have shared together and been through together. And I just, my heart goes out to you, man. Yeah, dude, it's loss. it's been the hardest part of the story so far. So you're sober at the time. You're clean at the time. Yeah, yeah, I was clean. How long uh, have you been clean? Pretty close to two years. Okay, two years and and um, did you stay clean? Yeah, I did. How'd you do that? Uh, Before can we can we pump the brakes on that for a sec? Think about that, Lexi. Like I'm, I'm for some reason my energies. I'm getting some a vibe from Lexi. How did that affect you? Right. Because here you are, you guys met, dated for a few months. Things were going great. Then the relapse happens. Now he's back in recovery. Mm -hmm. Things are getting pieced back together. And then he gets this devastating. I mean, my heart is sinking in my stomach right now. Call. I mean, what was going through your mind? Honestly, just the timing of it was really weird because we were working on getting him back full time. Like, when you say getting him back full time, what does that mean? Because he had been staying with his stepmom, like they were taking care of him for the most part. I mean, since we your parents didn't have the son, your parents weren't taking care of him. They had time. guardianship. Mm -hmm. They had and, guardianship. Yeah, and okay. uh, but like that was your uh, yeah girlfriend, ex-wife. I don't know what. No, she was out. Of, she's out of the picture. Mm -hmm. um, she she was there partially. Um, she started using again and. She hadn't been there in some months, but the idea was, you know, he was comfortable where he was at and I didn't want to take him, strip him out of that. And so yeah, what sure. we were working on was like, now I'm to the point where I was showing up still, even using being a dad that I could be. So you need to show consistency yeah. for them to absolutely. Well, and so now I've, the problem was that I had become the dad that he needed and that's when this happened. Mm. So Lexi, again. Same question. What's what's kind of going through your mind? Honestly, it was really devastating. Like, he was just getting comfortable at our house. Like, that was his other house is what he called it. So it was just, like, we never got to give him what we thought he deserved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's tough. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. But he got to see you sober. And he got to, got to sort of reform that bond a little bit. Yeah. Were Their relationship fears? was the best, like, father-son relationship that you could picture, you know? Like, obviously, they weren't perfect, but Absolutely. he loved his dad for sure. Were there fears in your mind, because I'm sure that Aaron was going through a lot of grief. Oh, yeah. Were there fears in your mind that, he, that this was going to take him back out? Oh, yeah. I knew that that was, I'm sure, the first thing he wanted to do immediately when he even found out. So that was really hard, but, I mean, I was there for him, and we were open about it, like... He flat out, he was like, I just want to use right now. And that's, you would expect that, you know. Sure. I totally expected that. But And I just want to point out by him saying that takes away quite a bit of power. Man, can I point out that that's a great response from you? Because I've said this on this podcast before. I I remember the first time I told my wife that, um, that I was craving. And she went nuts. Like, she thought that means I'm going to go shoot, like, heroin. <laughs> in the bathroom right then, which is not what it meant. It right. meant, hey, just keep a little bit of an eye on me. Right. And when she went nuts, I'm like, I don't want to tell you anymore. Mm. And if your response is support and love and I understand you need some help right now, but not but not freaking out, 
then he's going to tell you the next time that happens too. And he's right. gonna, this is a great lesson for people that support people with addictions. If, if they're willing to tell you that secret, because if it stays a secret, that's when it becomes a real problem. Yeah, and we were talking about it the other day. Like, I think what we're doing when we do that is we're asking for some accountability. Yeah. We're asking yeah. for somebody absolutely. to keep that eye on us. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a, and that's a really good response. Like, that could have gone the other way. Mm-hmm. And frankly, easily could have gone the other way. Right. Like, I, I, I don't know if people that are listening can feel this the same through a microphone as I'm feeling it right now, but... God, I want to use just hearing the story, you know? That would be tough. That would be tough. Were, were you afraid to leave him alone for a while? What did that look like for you? I don't know if I was necessarily afraid to leave him alone because he holds himself really accountable. Like, And I know that his strength is there, I guess you could call it, and his, his accountability, like him holding himself. Um, so you knew that he had the, skills, powerful. the yeah. skills to get through it. I knew that his okay. mind was where it needed to be. Like, obviously, I knew it was possible, but regardless of how much I could do, if he wants to do it, he's going to do it. Mm. So I do my best, you know, like to support him and obviously get him not to. Obviously, that's not what I want, but you said it perfect. Ultimately, you it's his decision. Him, right? Be there for him. Yeah. Have, right. have somebody be that person that he can lean into. Right. When times get hard. Mm hmm. Okay. Thanks, Doc. I just I no. To... I think that's a great viewpoint, though. Too is what what the addict needs at that point is support, but not like if they've come to you already. So not accountability because they're showing that, right? They don't. You don't need to, as a support person, keep them clean and sober. You need to support, but you, it's not your responsibility to make sure they stay clean and sober. It's your responsibility to support them for whatever they might need. Right. Right. If somebody goes out and uses, it's not the support person's problem or fault ever. Right, it's Absolutely. always going to be on us. But uh, man, if you can, if you can have a loved one like that that can support you through something like that, that gives you a real fighting chance. So good on you. Yeah, you know, and it, and it was just like back to back. Just they say it comes in threes, and you know, I lost two other friends right after, like oh, two of my closest friends. And, um, one was to an overdose, and the other one was due to COVID. And within like. Two weeks, yeah, three within weeks. weeks, and mm-hmm. like it was just a really difficult time. Man. Yeah, losing support left and right. Yeah, totally well, comes in threes. Like yeah. I, I lost my dad, lost my brother, wife asked me for a divorce. I get it. It's crazy yeah. how that happens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a tragic few months, and it was really difficult. Yeah, yeah. So let's move forward a little bit. I was just gonna say the title of this is no matter what. Yeah. So to the listener out there. How do you walk through that kind of grief? Um, you know, I just had that in my head already. Like, I knew I wasn't going to do anything today that's going to affect me tomorrow. And that's just the mentality that I kept. Good mentality. Just good take viewpoint. it one day at a time. Yeah, that's a good viewpoint. Yeah, I just, as long as I didn't do anything stupid that day, then tomorrow things will start to get better. Mm. Wow. Okay. I like that. That might work. Were there, were there any extra things that you did being more aware of kind of the vulnerable emotional state that you were in? Like did you maybe, you know, for some people hitting more meetings or or calling and checking in with your loved ones more or um, I mean, what did that look like for you? You know what? We used quite a bit of um, family time and support. We were all together for, for that. And uh, that may have been like the last time, you know, because family starts to fall apart and tragic events like but we were all together there for each other in that time and um my brother even came from oregon and you know we hadn't spoken in years like and he showed up oh that's Out of cool the blue, just surprised yeah. us so what i hear you say is you really just leaned into family yeah. leaned into your support system yeah yeah that's yeah yeah sure do you spend any time in your brain? I haven't had anything quite this tragic happen to me in recovery. Do you spend any time in your brain blaming yourself? You know, at the beginning, there was like, it, I knew that it wasn't my fault or whatever, but like the grief pattern was pretty, pretty spotty for me. Like I was, you know, I went into that. What's it called when you're doing that in grief? 
when you're like blaming yourself for yeah. I can't remember what it's called. But, <laughs> but yeah, it took a few That's months. probably the well, anger but, stage, right? Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. there's 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 denial, there's anger, there's um bargaining, and then there's acceptance. Yeah. Bargaining, I think that's what it is. Is when isn't that when you're kind of like Yeah. Bargaining I looks like this, something different. You know, I'll, if if you bring my son back, I'll, you know, never never, never touch again. anything again, right? right. It, that's yeah. kind of like that's the bargaining. I think anger is probably you know, if you're blaming yourself, it would probably fall in that anger category. Right. right. Yeah. And it took me a while to get there, like a few months at least. And, um, I, I noticed myself getting irritable at small things sure. like being at work, just get, I just hated it. I was depressed. Um, did everything that I could like, you know, outside I should have talked about it more. I would have had better health towards it, but um, I just, I dealt with it the way that I dealt with it. Right. And you're not a guy that talks about a lot of yeah, stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, you're just, you, you hold a lot of stuff in. Right. Yeah. And you I deal mean, with it on your own. Yeah. And I can tell myself things like I, I'd be pretty honest with myself and, uh, you know, the best thing that I had to look forward to is, is my, my other kid. Sure. Like that may have been, he's never seen, he's never been high or I've never been high a day in his life. And so like, oh, that's cool. How old is he? Uh, he's coming up. He's a year and a half. Okay. What's his name? Wilder. Wilder. That's cool, man. Yeah. I love that, cool though, man. because it's basically like that, and that's part of that acceptance piece and moving into acceptance is like, look, there's nothing I can do about yesterday. There's nothing I can do about the loss of, of my son. The only thing that would make that, that much worse is if I continued to make the same, you know what I mean, yeah. mistakes that I, I did previously. Yeah. Is that, that sound about right? I mean, that's yeah. pretty... Uh, yeah, like that's, I feel like it's pretty important to, to point out. I also want to say um, for the listener, I don't recommend the deal with it, tough guy mentality, yeah. right? That kept me sick for a long time, and I get it, right? But that, but that's In today's part, society. That is a part of who Aaron is, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And a part of who you are, probably. Ab oh, it was a big part, and I was just going to say, a big part of my thing was dealing with all this grief and loss. I mean, our stories are, you know, it's, it's like you're a mirror for me, Uh and I didn't want to talk to people about it. I wanted to put on the Teflon face and be the tough guy. And, oh, I don't need to talk feelings. What are those, you know? And Yeah, I felt more sympathy from people than anything. And I, don't, I didn't want that. Like, you didn't like that? I don't like that, yeah. So if somebody meets you on the street tomorrow and has heard this podcast, and I think this is important to go into too, not everybody wants to hear maybe, I'm sorry for your loss. Right. What's the best way to approach Aaron on that topic? Um, you know, it's if I, didn't, if I don't know the people... Um, even today, still, if somebody asks how many kids I have, I have two for sure. Okay. So, all right. Well, you do have two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You do have two. What's uh? so we have Wilder. What's the other son's name? His name is Cash. Cash. Cash with a K. Cash with a K. Okay. That's what he said. <laughs> cool. Cash with a K. That's how he introduced himself. Cash yeah. with a K. My name's yeah. Cash with a K. That's or cool. Bubba. I'm Bubba. <laughs> Sounds cool. like a cute kid, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good kid. It's it's fun to have sons. Yeah, yeah. It's fun to have daughters, but they're different. <laughs> I don't know if you had. Do you have brothers or sisters growing up? Um, you know, like I said, my parents were pretty absent. My mom, um, she's great now, but growing up, um, I have half siblings. Okay. So my half siblings were with her, and me and my older brother, we were pretty close, but uh, I have two younger sisters and a younger brother that I didn't get close with until just these last three or four years. Yeah. Okay. All now right. you've got me interested. What do you got? Now you got me interested in Aaron and why he's, why he's reserved. Yeah. Is that just kind of how you've always been? Where did that start? Um, like my personality? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think he had to fend for himself. I think that's what I'm getting out of that is you kind of you kind of raised yourself. It sounds like yeah. I, I don't like putting myself on the spot. Uh, like I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. We're not putting you on the spot except it's a podcast, <laughs> and so we're putting you, know, you on the spot. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> this podcast is like some out way outside sure. my comfort zone. <laughs> sure, which and I think is awesome because you're I growing. Right? I appreciate you being here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I appreciate you being here because I know that 
kind of the last thing you would want to talk about would be you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but I can tell you this. Our audience doesn't want to hear about me and Jared anymore. <laughs> They're so tired of us. It's unbelievable. So we're talking about you today. Well, okay. So how do you move on? You move on from that. What do you, what do, you do after that? So... Family gathers. You have some support from people you haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. Right? People show up that you haven't even talked to. But then everybody goes away eventually. Yeah. Right? And you're left back with you and Lexi. Honestly, that's kind of what I, I want. I was waiting for that day to, to kind of let my grief go on my own. Like, Sure. I didn't want to do it. Because you can't show that grief in front of people yeah. for you. Yeah. So I waited until I was able to do that on yeah. my own. And Yeah. Um, Again, I would say that you could, but Aaron, Aaron, Aaron doesn't can. do that. Yeah, right. yeah. I, like I will always say, like I don't. Sometimes I don't do things as as healthy as I could have or I should have, but I do it the way that it feels right for me. Right, it's working for you. Yeah, for I sure. Mean, and please don't feel like I'm passing judgment. No, I just no. in the back of my mind, right, as a clinician, I'm going like. No, I get it. Set the best example, right? Like he knows. Yeah, I would never. I say it all the time. I would never go to somebody and be like. This is how I think you should handle something because that's not how I know that that's how I should handle it, but that's not how I did. And it's not natural. Well, and, yeah. and I appreciate that you said, you know, that you should have probably talked about it more, right? Yeah. Because something as heavy as that can take somebody back out, yeah. to, regardless of how much clean time they have, you know? Don't you think, Doc? I mean, if you, sure. if you, if you don't let it out, if you just keep it between your ears, man, it's just going to haunt you and... Yeah. You know? Yeah. And sometimes I would get in my head and be like, man, I wonder if people think that, like, I just don't show it because I didn't care or mm. whatever. And it got to the point where it's like, I don't care what anybody else thinks. Like, I do what I do on my own. Sure. And, yeah. like, just because they don't see it doesn't mean anything. Right. For sure. Right. So um, tell us about some of the blessings of having stayed in recovery through that. Like, for, let, let's pass that for a minute, actually. Right. Let's. What are some of the blessings that recovery has brought to you now? Um, you know what, I did. I would say, like, I'm a super good dad. Like, I really am. I've heard that to by the way. Kid. I, mean, <laughs> I don't think you're bragging. I've no. heard that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I show up. Do you think you've spent? Do you find that time with your other child sort of more precious now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, who knows? Right? You know what, like. He's a year and a half and whatever. I'm already pretty tough on him, but <laughs> well, of course you are. Yeah, but you know, I think I, our relationship is is awesome, and uh, that's probably like the biggest thing I've accomplished so far. And uh, like, I started school right after um, all that happened. So like, that happened July of 2021, and I had to start school. In August. This is you for your son. You still showed yeah. up. Yeah, and I still did it. I did it with a 3.7 GPA, Ooh. and yeah, while well, working full time, parenting, drug court. That that actually doesn't surprise me, because guys like me and you typically will throw ourselves into things. Yeah. So that we can avoid. That's you know what, dude, right. and that's exactly. I'm not. Mo- I'm having a leg cramp. Oh, that's you're all you're <laughs> that wasn't. Thought you were weird. kicking me to give me a cue. Like no, like, I'm trying to stretch like, up Shut up, Jerry. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Well, and, and people ask you, like, you know, what what works for you? What does it for yeah. you? And and that's that's it for me. Like, I, I got to stay busy, dude. And that's not a negative yeah. thing. That can be a healthy coping skill, yeah. right, is is delaying yourself, distracting yourself. Yeah. Like, for and sure. so I've got to – I was doing school, you know what I mean? I try to get to the gym every day if I can, a uh, couple days off here and there. Try to be pretty strict on myself with with dieting and stuff, and so like just challenging myself all the time with pretty much everything that I do is what makes me better. Like and helps you get through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know if I'm to get high today, I'm not gonna be tracking macros and and out there in the gym <laughs> counting reps in the school. gym. Right? Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. be doing that. So good point. Good point. Yeah. So it's either I throw away We're my goals or. I try to miss the gym every day. <laughs> every, every once in a while, I screw up and make it. But you know what? But you don't got to look good when you got a doctorate degree. So. That's, well, yeah, that's not true at all. But thanks. <laughs> I think he just called me ugly. No, no, <laughs> it's totally fine. All right, so tell us what you're doing. So you're about to head to barber school. Yeah. In Salt Lake, it's a big venture for you. Yeah, it was kind of on the whim. You know what I mean? Like. 
um, really, I just kind of need a break from mental health for a minute. Like okay. that's, that's what it came down to was I'm stressed out and, uh, I'm doing less than I was. And so I think it's time for a, Time to switch it up a little shift bit. gears for a minute yeah. and try something different. Yeah. My it's advice. funny because we talked about him going to barber school. That's been like a up in the air thing since we met. And that was original plan. Yeah. Like when he was in matter. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I made that choice, dude. Like I was in jail and I'm thinking, what, what can I do to get out of here? And I thought to myself, like, you know what? I'm just done taking the easy road. Like I'm everything I do is going to be the hard way. So mm. yeah. Run at difficult things, not away from them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to punish himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, before, you know what I mean? It's like, I got to pay my rent, dude. And it's like, well, I could either go sell something or, you know, spend the money that I earned, and I don't want to do that. So yeah. now it's sure. the opposite. I would actually, uh, just to throw out there, anybody in early recovery that's thinking of going to substance abuse school, Sudsy school, don't do it. <laughs> Make sure you got a few years clean because yeah. I it's mean, hard, dude. Yeah, and you're yeah. thinking of talking about writing papers on substance abuse stuff all day long, which can be extremely triggering to some people if yeah. you don't have a certain level of yeah. of recovery in you. Yeah. Okay, we're about out of time. These guys I, have been awesome. Got, yeah, great, great guests. I got two questions for you. What's up? Were you comfortable the whole time you were here? Oh yeah. No, you yeah. weren't. Uh, well, the beginning was a little rough, but I'm okay. sweating pretty bad, but so is he. Okay. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Good. And did you have a good time? Yeah. All right. That's awesome. Anything Thanks. you, one last thing you tell people listening right now, people in recovery for specifically. Uh, be good to yourself. There you go. Be good to yourself. Well, and I just want to say, Lexi, thank you for coming on and joining yeah. him. There were times that he absolutely needed you here today. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, wouldn't miss it. Very brave. Appreciate it. <laughs> good work, All right. Sellers. We do recover with Jared Miller, episode 89 in the books, no matter what. Stay clean and sober out there, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.